So choosing a name for your baby is undeniably an important and difficult decision to make. The name that you choose for your child will go with them throughout life. And of course, this is a personal decision that's based on countless factors. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and today I'm going to be talking about the research behind choosing your child's name. So as I enter the final stretch of my pregnancy, I'm asked again and again what I'm planning to name my baby. And what I really want to say to all those people who ask this incredibly um, sensitive question is that no matter what answer you provide, you're opening yourself up to unsolicited comments and criticism. Um, But even knowing this, I've always known and shared my baby's name before birth. But I'm usually very clear that this will be the name, and I do not want to hear any commentary about the name. So listeners, I'm planning to share my baby's name in this podcast, but please keep in mind that this will be my baby's name, and I am not open to anything other than praise for this very carefully chosen name. So choosing a name for your baby is undeniably an important and difficult decision to make. The name that you choose for your child will go with them throughout life. And of course, this is a personal decision that's based on countless factors. But the most important being, of course, whether either parent has a former girlfriend or boyfriend with that name. And I'm Kind of kidding, but not really. Um, However, for parents who feel stuck in this very important decision, it can help to have some research to turn to. So does research provide any insight here? How can research help you to choose the best name for your child? So the first question that research can help us to address is, should you choose a gender-neutral name? So gender-neutral names like Carter, Avery, Quinn seem to be increasingly popular, particularly for girls. But is there any science to back up this trend? So research finds that girls with more gender-neutral names are more likely to complete higher levels of math and science courses. The researchers in this study controlled for parent and family issues by comparing sisters in the same family and found that this was even true for twins when one had a more feminine name and one had a more gender neutral or masculine name. So for example, take twin sisters named Alex and Isabella. So a twin sister named Alex is twice as likely as her twin sister named Isabella to take a math or science course at a higher level. The researchers speculated this this effect may be due to expectations. So teachers and parents are more likely to expect an Alex to excel at math than an Isabella due to negative and, of course, untrue stereotypes about the math performance of girls. It is important to note that girls with more feminine names do not actually show worse performance in science and math. They just may feel discouraged from pursuing more difficult math and science courses. According to this research, some of the most feminine names include Kayla, Isabella, and Anna, which is um, my first daughter's first name, Um, while some of the more gender-neutral names include Taylor, Madison, and Alex. Research also finds that girls with more masculine names are more likely to be successful in a legal career, which is a traditionally male-dominated career. 
So one study, which studied this effect, which is called the Portia effect, found that females with more masculine names were more likely to achieve leadership positions such as judgeships. And the researchers speculated that these results may reflect gender bias. So on the other hand, research finds that boys with more gender gender neutral names, such as Taylor, Jamie, or Shannon, tend to show more behavioral problems in school and be more likely to get in trouble in school and even score lower on academic tests. This particularly occurs as boys get older and upon entry to middle school, so fifth and sixth grade. And this trend may um, reflect the different expectations that teachers may have for boys with more gender neutral names and that gender neutral names for boys are less accepted by society than gender neutral names for girls. So the second question that research can help to address is should you choose a name that is easier to pronounce? So research finds that people tend to like other people and form more positive first and impressions of other people with easier to pronounce names. People with easier to pronounce names also tend to be higher on the corporate ladder. So for example, lawyers with more easily pronounceable names occupy more senior positions within the firm hierarchy. And this effect seems to occur regardless of the nationality that is associated with the name, the name length, or how common the name is. So one study found that children with names that are spelled in an unusual way or that have punctuation in them also tend to score lower on math and science tests than um, children without um, unusual names or names with punctuation. And this may be related to teachers' expectations or associations of the name with a particular race or socioeconomic class. The third question that research can help us to address is should you choose a name that reminds you of a particular career or location? So this is really interesting. So research finds that people often choose careers that resemble their names. So for example, someone named Denise or Dennis is more likely to become a dentist, and someone named Lauren or Larry is more likely to become a lawyer. And people are also more likely to move to a place that resembles their name. So For example, women named Georgia or Virginia are more likely to move to these states. Um, And even though it's a bit of a stretch, women named Florence are more likely to move to Florida and women named Louise are more likely to move to Louisiana. So this trend is because of something that psychologists call implicit egoism, meaning we are attracted um, more to anything that reminds us of ourselves. So the final question that you might have is how do you avoid choosing a name that will become too popular? So in choosing a baby name, research finds that parents strive both to be unique and fit in with the crowd. They try to choose names that will help their child to stand out, yet also will seem somewhat familiar. So accordingly, parents often choose a slightly different version of a popular name from previous years. So the most popular names then tend to decline in popularity over time as parents strive to find names that are more unique. So the desire for a unique name has also seemed to increase over time. So for example, the most popular name in 1900, Mary, was given to 4% of babies that year. While the most popular name in 2000, Emily, was given to less than 1% of babies that year. 
So research finds that parents tend to choose names with similar sounds or phonemes as very popular names in the past in order to be unique without being too unique. For example, Jennifer was very popular in the 1980s, and then as Jennifer waned in popularity, the name Jessica increased in popularity. A similar pattern occurred um, with Emily, which was replaced with Emma. So here is an example um, from recent years. So the number one girl's name in the United States in 2021 was Olivia. And then other names in the top 10 in 2021 included Sophia, Mia, and Amelia, which all have the same ending sound. And at the same time, um, less common names such as Thalia, Elia, and Analia also showed growth in popularity. The number one boy's name in the United States in 2021 was Liam. And at the same time, the names Eliam and Leon also showed increases in popularity. Um, The name Evelyn is also one of the top 10 baby names of 2021. And other names such as Emberlyn, Oakland, Jaslyn, Adeline, Rosalind, and Madeline also increased in popularity during that time. So at some point, though, a particular phoneme becomes so overused that it starts to decrease in popularity. So this suggests that eventually we should expect names ending in Ia or Lin to decrease in popularity. So in summary, a name becomes increasingly popular if similar sounding names were more popular in a previous year. As the name becomes increasingly popular, parents are more likely to choose a variant of that name. And over time, the name variants become more popular. Research also finds that external events may increase the popularity of certain sounds and names. So when a phoneme is heard more often, it is more likely that names will increase in popularity. So for example, one study found that baby names are more likely to resemble recent hurricanes. So this is particularly true for hurricanes that received a lot of media attention. So for example, um, After Hurricane Katrina, names that began with K increased in use by 9%. So what's the overall translation here? So choosing your baby's name is a very personal and difficult decision. However, if you need some guidance, research suggests that you may want to consider whether the name is gender neutral, how easy the name is to pronounce, whether the name sounds like any particular occupation or location you would want your child to avoid, and the potential for the name to grow in popularity. So finally, how do we choose our fourth baby's name? So in choosing the name for our fourth baby, I knew I wanted to choose a meaningful family name, which is what we have done for our other children. Um, and the family name that we chose, Louise, which is my um, one of my great-grandmothers, um, it seemed too formal for a baby. So we were thinking of different nicknames. And I suggested calling the baby Lucy, which is not even a nickname for Louise, but decided at this point, who cares? Um, So my kids instantly gravitated towards the name and they have called her Lucy throughout the pregnancy. Lucy is definitely not gender neutral and it may mean that she will move to Louisiana in the future. And it seems to be growing in popularity. Um, But we love it, so none of that research matters. And if you find a name that you love, none of this research will matter either. 
Thank you all for tuning in to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. Um, Listen next week for more research back tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.